with us. He comes every year. He travels to a lot of churches. And last week he was in Connecticut, and now he's here with us. And I knew that if we told him we'd bring him out in February, living in Indiana and a lot of the East Coast, I knew if I told him we'd bring him out in February, he would come. Because I know some of you today, you're freezing outside, but this is warm weather in Indiana right now. And so, and near Chicago and all of that. But Brother Young, he's been here several times. He's the, he was the president of the college that I went to, and I've known him for many years. And uh, I mentioned it last service, and I'll just say this, and we'll have him come up. The older you get, you start to learn who your true friends are. And I will tell you this, one of my dear friends, Brother Young is one of my dear friends. I'm very grateful for him and grateful for the times that he comes out. And uh, I know he'll be a blessing this morning, so let's pay attention. Grab your Bibles as Brother Young comes this morning. First John, chapter 1, verse 1. Not the Gospel of John, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but First John, it's over towards the end of the Bible. If you'll just keep going and going and going, you'll pass uh, Hebrews and all of that, and finally you'll come to the book of First John, chapter 4. If you'll open to First John, chapter 4. If you come to the book of Concordance, you went too far. Come back a few pages, if you would, please, to the book of 1 John chapter 4. I'm thrilled to be here with one of my dearest friends, your pastor. He and I have been very close friends for many years now, and I'm thrilled to get to be here uh, with you again today. 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to attempt to explain something this morning that's unexplainable I know I won't do a good job uh, in fact it's not just unexplainable it's inexplicable uh, unexplainable means there is an explanation but I don't know how to explain it <laughs> but inexplicable means there is no explanation and what I'm going to try to explain this morning there is no explanation so when I'm done you think he didn't do so hot this morning. Well, I told you ahead of time. It, it, that's the way it's going to be. So I'm going to talk to you this morning uh, beginning from uh, John chapter 4 and verse 7. John chapter 4, verse, uh, 1 John chapter 4, uh, verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Now those two verses very, very clearly tell us that we're to love each other. And we're not to love each other because we are lovely. <laughs> We're not to love each other because we're always kind to each other. We're not even to love each other just because we're good at loving someone. We're to love each other because God is love and because love comes from God. You know, I, I'm not to love you just because you're a good guy. I'm not to love you just because you're of my race or you're of some race that I like. I'm not to love you just because uh, you're related to me or maybe you've been kind to someone who's related to me. I'm not to love you just because you're of my political persuasion 
or I'm not even in love with you even just because, because I, I, I feel sorry for you. I'm to love you because God is love, and therefore love comes from God. If God is love, then when is God not love? Or where is God not love? Or under what circumstances is God no longer love? Okay, so if God is always love, how often am I supposed to love you? If God is love everywhere, then where am I supposed to love you? If God is love under all circumstances, then I'm to love you in all circumstances, even when you're not lovely, even when you're not kind to me, even when you left me out, even when you didn't include me, even when I didn't understand why you did what you did. I'm to love you when I feel like loving you, but I'm also to love you when I don't feel like loving you. Because love is of God. You see, Ray Young can't create love. Ray Young can say, I love you with all my heart, but there is no love that can be generated in Ray Young's heart. See, love is supernatural. Love is not just a feeling. Love is not just uh, what emotion I have at this moment. You see, I can't, uh, I can't generate love with a certain poem. I can't generate love because I read a certain book. I can't generate love with, uh, uh, with, with, with pretty flowers. Now, I can express some love with pretty flowers. And I can express some love with a poem. And I might learn better how to deliver my love to you by reading a book. But love is not something... Okay, I can't sit in the corner and say, I love her, 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 I love her. I mean, like priming the old pump. You remember the old... I mean, you just have to prime the pump to get it going. And, and it's not like I'm, I'm over here priming the pump and if I say it often enough and I get the right rhythm down and, and I say it with the right tone and I have the right look in my eye and I have the right uh, 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 tone in my voice, th then I'm going to generate some love for her. No, that's not where love comes from. Love doesn't come from me. Love comes from Him. And love... <laughs> lo lo okay, the reason I love Brother Brian is not because he's a good guy, even though he is. And the reason I love Brother Brian is not because I'm good at love, even though I, I, I try to be. The reason I love Brother Brian is because I'm delivering something that I got from God. Now, the problem is, sometimes I'm not as good at delivering as I should be. I remember the first time I wanted to have a date with the girl that has now been my wife for 46 years. I didn't know for sure at that time how much love or what kind of love a young man was supposed to have for a girl that he was going to date the very first time. <laughs> I didn't know how much love I was supposed to have. I didn't know what kind of love I was supposed to have. But I knew where to get it from. I knew that if I was going to love her to 
whatever little extent I was supposed to, at, on that first date, I was going to have to get it from him. And I know you may think this sounds a little silly, but this is what I did. I decided I wanted to date this girl. And I decided I wanted to have the right kind of love and the right amount of love for that particular situation. So I fasted and prayed for 24 hours, and I asked God to give me whatever kind of love I was supposed to have and whatever amount of love I was supposed to have for this girl uh, on this first date. And after fasting and praying for 24 hours and accepting it by faith that God had answered my prayer and he had given me that love that I was supposed to have, then I decided I was going to ask her to on a date. Well, at, at our college, we call it a date. What, what, what most of the young couples at our college often do, the very first time they have a, what we call a date, is they sit together in chapel. And so we call it a chapel date. And so I was going to have a chapel date with her, but nobody ever told me I was supposed to ask her ahead of time. So our chapel back then was it's a different chapel than the one we have now. There was an entrance to the chapel right over here about where that window is. There were three or four or five rows in front of the entrance and then the rest of the chapel back this way. And she always came through that door right there. I knew she did. I'd been stalking her. I mean watching her. <laughs> I'd been watching her for, for several days and I knew that every day she came through that door right there. And so I got there early and I saved a seat next to me for her. And so I was waiting for her to come through the door and I was going to stand up and say, I've saved your seat. Would you sit with me? But when she came through the door, she was talking to another boy. And I thought, oh. I remember thinking, I well, I guess I'll just be single the rest of my life. Because <laughs> I'll never pick up the nerve to try this again. <laughs> and they walked past me talking to each other. And he turned and came up this way to sit with his friends. She turned and went that way to sit with her friends. And I thought, oh, they're not together. And so... I thought, I thought, you know, you better do it. You'll never pick up the nerve to try again. So I got up. I walked back to the back where she was sitting next to her friend Loretta. She was sitting in the middle of the row. So when I got to the end of the row, Loretta happened to notice I was standing there. And I said, Loretta, tell Debbie to look at me. So she bumped Debbie, and Debbie turned and looked at me. And I had this little speech all prepared. I'd practiced, I knew exactly what to say, I knew how I was going to say it, you know, I knew exactly how I was going to stand, and you know, I had it all planned. And she turned and looked at me, and I said, <laughs> so she was a secretary for the youth department at the church, so she was used to boys coming up to her at the college and asking her all kind of questions about the youth activities and different things. So she didn't think anything of it, so she stood up and started towards me, and trust me, trust me, I promise, I was not being arrogant. I was not being cocky. I, I, I was scared to death. <laughs> and the only words I could get to come out of my mouth when she started towards me was, bring your books. So she... Turned around, picked up her books, and came to the end of the pew where I was standing, and I said, with all the, you know, with all the ch charm and charisma I could muster, <laughs> I saved you a seat. And I turned around and started back towards the front of the chapel. And I remember getting about halfway up there and thinking, 
I hope she's following me. <laughs> but I was too scared to around look. <laughs> so sure enough, she did. She followed me up there. We sat next to each other in chapel. We shared the songbook. We stood together. We sat together. But the next words I spoke to her after I said, I saved you a seat. The next words I spoke were when the chapel ended, I stood up and I said, thank you. And I walked away. <laughs> And I remember thinking as I walked away, I forgot to tell her my name. <laughs> Would you agree with me? I wasn't very good at delivering. <laughs> whatever amount of love God had given me during that 24 hours of fasting and praying, uh, whatever kind of love he had given me, would you agree with me that I didn't know how to deliver it yet? <laughs> In fact, several years later, she finally told me, that uh, later that day, her friend Loretta said, what was that all about? And she said, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that our problem? It's not that God has a problem giving us love. God is love. All love comes from God. But sometimes I'm not as good at delivering that love as I should be. And you know, sometimes we are tempted to wonder, does God really love me? Because somebody between us and God who was supposed to be delivering the love stumbled while he was trying to deliver it. He didn't do a very good job of delivering but how well the person does in their delivery does not determine how much God loves me. You see, love is not a feeling. Love is action. Okay, let, 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 I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go back, let's go to verse 9. In fact, let's go back to verse 7. Uh, verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that knoweth not, uh, he that loveth not, knoweth not God. For God is love. Verse 9. In this was manifested. Notice that word. In this was manifested the love of God towards us. All right, would you look at me just for a second? Manifested. What does that word mean? We don't use that word very much in our culture today what does the word manifest okay manifested means when you manifest something it means you show on the outside you express on the outside a feeling or a quality that you have on the inside you you make it you make it obvious you you make it where people can can understand it uh uh, uh Love is not a feeling that I have in my heart. Love is an action that I express on the outside. We think, you know, boy, I sure love her. And we feel that in our heart, and we think that is the love. That is not the love. The love is when I express that love to. Okay, I'm... I'm I've been married to my wife now for 46 years. Somehow she overlooked my poor delivery that first time. 
and agreed to marry me. And I have for 46 years been expressing my love to her. Let's suppose that for 46 years I had been feeling that love in my heart. And for 46 years that feeling of love that I had for her grew stronger and stronger and warmer and warmer. Man, that would make me feel good, that I love my wife. But let's suppose, like the day I said, bring your books, and then at the end I finally said thank you. Let's suppose 46 years later, I haven't said I love you to her since the day we got married. Now, you know, all of us men feel that way. What do you mean I need to tell you I love you? I told you on our wedding day, if I ever change my mind, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know how us men are. That's the way we feel about it. But that's not the way my wife feels about it. She wants me to express my love to her, not all the time, just every three or four minutes. <laughs> yeah, you know, am I, am I getting close? <laughs> uh, okay. But if I feel that love in my heart, and that makes me feel good, but I don't express it to her, that didn't do her any good at all. Oh, it did me some good, made me feel good. It sounds a little more like selfishness than love. Love is not a feeling I have. Love is an action. Okay. What's our favorite verse in the whole Bible? What's the most familiar verse in the whole Bible? John 3, 16. It's, it's so familiar, they even write it on cards and hold it up in the end zone at the football games. You know, John 3, 16. And John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world, period. If that's what that verse said, it wouldn't do me and you any good whatsoever. If God just sat up there in heaven and felt love in his heart towards us, that wouldn't do us any good. But it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now it's doing me and you some good. All right, let's continue reading in verse 9. Verse 9 says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. Wherein is love? Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Love not expressed is not love at all. Now, I'm going to try for a moment here to get a little bit deep. <laughs> Those of you who have heard me preach last five, six, seven, eight, nine years that I've been coming. I don't remember how many years it's been. You know I don't usually try to get very deep. I just pick out a truth and try to give some illustrations that sort of illustrate that truth. But I'm going to make a little bit of an effort here to get a little bit deep. Listen to me carefully. God had to create us because God is love. And God had to express that love or it wouldn't have been love. If he didn't express the love, it wouldn't be love. And God is love. So if God did not express the love, I'm getting a little deep here, God would not be God. 
because God is love. He had to express that love, so he had to create me and you. You see, we're not a decision God made. We're, God wasn't sitting up in heaven one day and saying, you know, I'm kind of bored. <laughs> I, I, I need something to do. I need something to play with. I, need, I, 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 I don't know what to do today, so I think I'll, I think I'll make people. <laughs> we're not a decision God made. We're a result of who God is. Because God is love, he had to express that love. And he had to have someone to whom to express it. And so if God never decided to love us, he can never decide not to love us. Oh, I wonder if God still loves me. Oh, I've been so bad. I was so unkind. I was so wicked. I did so many bad things. Uh, I, I haven't read my Bible as much as I should have. Uh, I haven't been as faithful to church as I should have been. Uh, I haven't been as kind to my mother as I should have been. I wonder if God loves me anymore. God never decided to love you. He loved you because of who he is. And he still is who he has always been. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. For us to wonder, does God love me, is to wonder, is there a God? There can't be a God unless he loves you. Because God is love. Okay, I'm through trying to be deep. <laughs> Let's get back to what, what we all understand. God is love. That love had to be manifested or expressed. God cannot be God unless he expresses that love. And the way God manifests or expressed the love was by sending his only begotten son into the world that we through him might have life. God did not just decide to love us. He loved us because of who he is. Actually, all right, now this is going to get real close to being sacrilegious. So listen carefully at how I say this. God actually needs me and you to be God. Because he's love. And he can't be God unless he's love because that's who God is. And God has to express love for love to be love. And he's got to have somebody to express it to. So God needs me to be God to me that gives me security that God will never quit loving me the moment God quits loving me he's no longer God now I know you can argue that a little bit theologically but God is love love is not love unless it express in order to be God he had to express that love love not express okay let's put it this way a husband can't love unless there's a wife. A parent can't love unless there's a child. But the problem is sometimes those children in their youth and their immaturity, they don't understand the love you're trying to express to them. You know, when you fix something that's good for them to eat because you love them but it's not their favorite meal, and you put it on the table, 
and they get that look on their face or they have that nose turned up or, or they roll those eyes or you, you have to threaten to kill them to get them to eat it. <laughs> okay, they didn't understand that while you were going to the store, you were loving them. While you were buying those groceries, you were loving them. While you were bringing those groceries home, you were loving them. While you were preparing that food, you were loving them. While you were washing their sheets and making their bed and mopping their floor and, and, and uh, uh, cleaning their house and taking them to the uh, doctor and to the dentist and to the ball game and to the birthday party, that you were loving them all that time, but they didn't understand it. And guess what? You and I sometimes don't understand when God's loving us. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes people treat us a certain way. Sometimes the delivery boy doesn't do a good job. Sometimes what's happening today is not our favorite meal. But none of that has anything to do with how much God loves us. But we will understand it better. The Bible says that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Jesus Christ. But right now, I don't always understand the love of God. But thank God, there is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Turn, if you would, with me right quick to the book of Romans. Turn to Romans chapter 8, if you would, real quick. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, look if you would at verse 38. For I am persuaded, means I'm confident, I've made up my mind, I've been convinced. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, uh, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He loves us even when someone is not, it good, not good at delivering the love. Yes, we do not fully understand the love of God right now because you and I live in flesh. And this flesh has emotions. This flesh is happy one day and sad the next. It's glad one day and mad the next. This flesh feels good one day and feels bad the next day. The Bible says that the natural man receiveth not the things of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. What you and I have to do is this. We have to accept it by faith that God loves me regardless of where we are, regardless of what's happening, regardless of who is good or not good at delivering the love. You see, we have a problem. 
God is love, therefore that love must be expressed or manifest. And God did manifest his love to us by sending his only begotten son. However, you and I are natural. We live in flesh. And we don't always discern or understand or receive the things of God, the truths of God, the love of God. Our eyes cannot see, our ears cannot hear, our mind cannot understand, our heart cannot absorb the love that God has for us. Neither can I explain it to you. Which things also we speak, not in word, which, me, uh, which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. If you and I are ever going to understand the love of God, the Spirit of God is going to have to teach it to us. I told you this morning before I got started, I would not do a good job explaining the love of God. It's inexplicable. Flesh trying to explain it to flesh. But His Spirit can explain it to you. And when your friend doesn't do a good job delivering love... <laughs> The Spirit does. When she doesn't do a good job delivering love, the Spirit does. When he doesn't do a good job delivering the love, the Spirit does. I am not to love you because you're lovely. I'm not to love you because you're kind. In fact, the weakest form of love is when I love my wife because of who she is. A better form of love is when I love my wife because of who I am. The best form of love is because when I love my wife because of who he is. This morning, I think you would agree that most of us could use some practice delivering our love, delivering his love. You know, when you order something from Prime or Amazon, the delivery man doesn't check to see what mood you're in and then decide if he's going to deliver it or not. He just delivers it. Now, it might be two weeks late, but he'll deliver it eventually. Uh, the delivery man doesn't say, well, I'm just not in the mood to deliver his package today. Now, sometimes it seems that way. But, but he, doesn't, he doesn't decide what mood he's in and decide if he's going to deliver the package. He's just the delivery man. It's just his job to deliver it. I'm sorry, I can't give you all the love that you need and want. At best, I'm just delivering the love that comes from him. You have to get your love from him, but we are responsible to deliver it to each other. Is there anybody in the room this morning that will admit what I'm about to admit? Sometimes I'm not good, as good as I should be, at delivering the love the way I should deliver it. Now, for 46 years I've tried... <laughs> For 46 years, I've tried to make up for. <laughs> with roses and diamonds and trips and times to eat and new clothes and a house to live in. And, and, and I've tried for 46 years. 
But sometimes I still don't measure up. Sometimes she still has to say, do you love me? Do you still love me? Well, of course I do. I told you when we got married. <laughs> yeah, but you haven't told me in the last three minutes. <laughs> what if every one of us decide, I'm going to work at being a better delivery boy. I'm going to work at delivering my love to my mother better than I have, uh, to my dad better than I, to my brothers and sisters better, well, not our sisters, that doesn't count. <laughs> uh, 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 what, if, what if every one of us decide, I'm going to work at being a better deliverer, a deliverer of his love. I'd like to have every head bowed, every eye closed.